Welcome into the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. Basketball hoops, basketball season, excuse me, in full uh, full effect now. We've wrapped up our fall sports coverage. We've wrapped up the fall sports season, and winter sports are going strong right now. We talked with Mark Miller, our boys basketball editor at Wisports, earlier this week for the podcast. Got a special boys basketball preview with him. And today it's time to take a look at girls basketball as we bring in our content manager and girls basketball editor, Norbert Durst. Norb, it's got to feel good to get back to uh, the season just in general. It, it, you know, it's always an exciting time, but also to get back to a more normal season, a, a regular schedule, um, less, you know, restrictions, um, no, no masking in most places, no fan limits. It's got to feel good to get back to regular more normalized basketball yeah definitely and you know a lot of those teams that were unable to play last season it's good to see them get back on the court as well as you know the the madison schools milwaukee schools uh, those public schools did not play last year so uh certainly good to see them back and you know just being able to go to a game in dane county is nice as well uh you know last year with no games being played in the county well we talked with uh with mark uh, about some of those teams that did not get to play last year and want to check in on the girls side because in some of the sports including the spring sports going back to uh, when baseball and softball got going again and including in the fall the the, especially the excuse me the Milwaukee City Conference teams were impacted significantly they had uh, fewer teams than normal they had teams that were not able to get going of course they had some registration issues that were well documented that uh, put a damper on some things in football as well but what is the outlook for girls basketball in the Milwaukee City Conference? Is everybody back? Are all teams playing? Did anybody not make it back? And, and what what are we looking at in City Conference basketball after two years away, essentially? You know, I think there's still a fair amount of, of, of unknowns. You know, as far as I know, there's uh, at least all the Milwaukee City Gold teams are back. You know, the, uh, the those teams that play in the Milwaukee City Blue um, kind of fluctuate and some of them don't even play uh, usually a full schedule. So um, I think that's going to definitely impact a lot of those schools just because, you know, without, you know, organized basketball, you might lose a few kids here and there. And, you know, it takes a little bit to get going. But, you know, hopefully as the season progresses, those teams um, can, you know, figure things out a little bit better as far as not just uh, um, playing games, but just, you know, having a good practice and, and getting back to the swing of things. What, uh, what are we looking at in Madison, where the four public schools in Madison did not play last year either? Are they in a better spot to kind of recover than perhaps the, the city conference teams would be? Yeah, I think they are. You know, uh, teams like Madison Memorial, they uh, got going. Uh, um, and, you know, it was good to see them back. They played a tough Beaver Dam team uh, to start the year. So uh, they uh, came out of the door, uh, the gates storming. Uh, but, you know, that was a tough one in the defeat there. But, uh, you know, I think they're they're a little in better situation than those those Milwaukee schools. Um, some pretty good talent amongst those those Madison uh, City schools, uh, notably Madison LaFollette, who uh, has a pretty good, talented uh, senior class. Well, uh, we'll continue, hopefully not often, but we'll continue to have you know, some, at least some conversations and perhaps some interruptions, perhaps some cancellations related to, to COVID. And uh, I fully expect it'll be much less than we had last year, of course. What are you seeing on the girls' side from 
the the protocols and guidelines standpoint. Of course, last year everybody had to wear a mask. Almost everywhere, I believe there was limited fan attendance. There was other you know things that were in place to to uh, provide mitigation. Um, what what are you seeing on the girls' side in terms of uh, what teams are doing, what schools are are requiring? You know, there's a lot of the the Dane County schools uh, are requiring their players to wear masks even outside of the county. Um, granted, you know, when you wear the mask, when you're playing, uh, for instance, at the Kettle Moraine uh, Showcase this past weekend, you know, many of those kids don't really have them over their mouth, but, you know, they're just trying to follow their school's protocols, I suppose. But uh, as a whole, it's, you know, uh, besides Dane County, it's not required to uh, wear a mask for the players in games. I did go to Appleton East last week, um, and they required the fans uh, to wear masks, but not the players, which I like, you know, I I'm all for that. Uh, just as long as the players don't have to wear the mask during the game, I think that's a big part. Um, you know, if the, the fans are required, but as, as mentioned in count in Dane County, you're still, uh, those players are still required to wear masks, um, to, uh, keep that the COVID, uh, um, issue down. Well, again, we, we hope we won't have to talk about it. We hope this is largely the extent of the conversations we have this year around COVID, but you never know what's going to happen. But we do want to turn our attention to the the games themselves and the teams and the players and, uh, you know, talk about basketball instead of all these protocols and guidelines and mitigations. And we will do it like we did with Mark. We'll, we'll walk through each division, talk about some of the top teams and storylines in each division. Uh, but before we get to that, any other kind of top line stories or, or storylines that we should be following or will be following throughout the state this year? Well, I just think just uh, just as a whole, just the talent that that we have in the state, uh, teams like uh, Hortonville, Appleton East in, in Division One. Um, so I just think it's, uh, you know, just comes down to hopefully, like you mentioned before, just talking about the teams, talking about the players, because there's a lot of great talent in the state. All right, well, let's start in Division One, where you mentioned a couple of those top teams. Appleton East, who was ranked uh, number one in your preseason rankings. Hortonville was third. Um, you know, very strong group of teams in Division One, including defending state champion Germantown and K.K. Arnold just uh, gave her commitment to uh, UConn. Um, has there ever been a girls basketball player from Wisconsin that has gone to UConn before? Or is this kind of, uh, obviously, you go back to Enrique and, and a few other kids over the years, but I mean, is KK Arnold it? Is she is she the biggest recruit to come out of Wisconsin? And again, has anybody ever gone to UConn that you're aware of? I don't believe any anyone's gone to UConn, but I still put Arike in and KK kind of that that same one A one B type thing. Just Arike was just a dominant player in high school, so it it's tough to just put KK above her right now. But KK is definitely right next to Arike when you're talking about uh, some of the greatest talent to come out of the state. Well, Division One again. Germantown's a defending state champion, but do do lose some excellent players from uh, from last year's team. KK Arnold can can carry a heavy load. But what are we looking at in Division One? The top teams that we should keep an eye out for, and and any that any that might be considered sleepers. Yeah, uh, as mentioned, Hortonville, who uh, returned the majority of their team, and then added a really talented freshman in uh, Rainy Wilson to their team, who had uh, 24 points in her debut, I believe. Uh, so you add her in with you know, Cami Pepler, uh, Lyric Johnson, and, you know, that's a real strong team, especially in the guard area. Um, Appleton East, um, you know, led by the top-ranked uh, top player in this 
in the class of 2022. Um, Emily LaChapelle, um, really talented group there. Lily Hansford uh, committed to Oregon State. Um, and Sammy Byer, who's off to a very great start for Appleton East. Um, so it just shows the depth of, already of that FBA. And we've only talked about two teams. Other notable teams in Division One: uh, Kettle Moraine, who uh, uh, led by Grace Groholsky, uh, Arizona State recruit, um, you know, really talented team there as well. Um, we, we've, uh, you know, talked about the, the defending state champions, Germantown, um, led by KK Arnold. You know, it's, it's a matter of are they going to get enough out of some of the other players just because of, you know, the depth in Division One as a whole. But the good thing for them, they do have a favorable uh, sectional. So, you know, they still look like a team to get to the state tournament. So when you get there, you know, anything can happen. And then just the, you know, a couple big eight schools, uh, uh, Sun Prairie and Verona, a couple uh, um, uh, good teams there. Sun Prairie got the win last night against Verona in their first matchup. Both teams are dealing with some injuries of uh, Verona without their top player, Taylor Stremlow for the season, uh, just had foot surgery. And uh, the Cardinals are currently without Antoinette uh, Austin, who is uh, out with a knee injury. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of talent in Division One, and uh, um, it it's, looks like going to be a very exciting uh, year in that league. Division two, a couple of the top teams from last year. In fact, the two top teams from last year, the state champion uh, Notre Dame Tritons and the Reedsburg Beavers opened at one and two in uh, in the preseason rankings as both those teams returned a ton of talent from last year. Reedsburg did open as number one in the coaches poll after Notre Dame had suffered a loss. But uh, are, are we looking at those as the two prohibitive favorites or are there others that could get into that mix in division two? You know, Pewaukee is a team that uh, definitely is in that mix. Uh, they had a, a talented team last season and uh, have a couple of uh, talented freshmen, uh, twins, actually, uh, Amy Turan and uh, Anna Turan, who have all already shown their, their, their dominance on the court against some high-quality opponents this year. So I definitely look for them to make a strong push. And, you know, just the Woodland West as a whole, year in, year out, strong, New Berlin Eisenhower, uh, New coach there, Joel Clawson. You probably remember that name. Um, longtime coach at uh, Pius, and then coached the Pius boys for a long time uh, before our st before stepping down a couple years back. And must have got the itch to come back to the girls' side. And you know they're going to be a strong team. And you know Pius returned a lot as well. New Berlin West um, is looking to have a big year. And you can't forget about Beaver Dam. You know even though they might not have you know the the six division one recruits like we saw in a, a couple years past, but, you know, led by Gabby Wilkie, they still have a talented team, uh, maybe a little, little deeper than years past. So um, they're definitely looking to push, push their way, maybe uh, um, have a chance to knock off Notre Dame when it comes to the postseason. All right. So here's the big question in division two, Norb, are my Reedsburg Beavers going to take home a gold ball this year? Well, it's it's going to be a tough road. Now uh, you're look you're looking at a team that is is being hunted versus hunting, and you know that can change things up. But you know that team is very talented. Uh, Mara Weeman, um, the uh, the the Cherney sisters, Trenna and Sydney. Um, so that's definitely a talented enough team to do it. Um, that sectional is pretty tough. Waukesha West, who's got a, a strong team. Um, a little slow start for them as far as getting the wins, but uh, also Union Grove in that sectional is off to a strong start. But, uh, you know, I definitely see Reedsburg uh, getting back to the state tournament. And if you get there, you know, anything can happen. 
All right. Well, let's move, uh, excuse me, move our attention to division three, where you had Wapan as the top team in the preseason rankings. Uh, it was Lake Mills that captured the state title last year. Uh, Lake Mills outside of the, uh, the top 10, as we begin the season, uh, head coach Brandon Siska's team looking to, uh, to get back to state though. What are we looking for in division three? Um, is it, is it a little more wide open perhaps than some of the other divisions, at least the ones that we've talked about so far? Yeah, I think so. Uh, division three uh, seems to be year in, year out, a division that uh, has a, a wide range of teams. You know, you got some teams that may be playing a, a larger conference like a Catholic Memorial um, in playing division three. Then you have, you know, maybe some teams in smaller conferences kind of get pushed up a bit. But uh, uh, the mix in that division is always interesting. And uh, but Wapon is, I think, the clear favorite in that division. But, you know, your teams like Freedom are always strong, strong team. Wrightstown's up there. Uh, Edgerton, who had a very strong season last year, has got to be in the mix there. And, you know, a Prairie, Prairie Desheen team that is led by Wisconsin recruit Lily Cron, um, you know, they're going to make a push as well. So I think the depth overall in Division Three is probably a little bit um, – uh, stronger as far as, you know, teams that have a little bit greater uh, chance to win that state title. All right. And, and of course, last year with the, the divisions kind of being readjusted, um, where because of the, the Milwaukee teams and the Madison teams that opted out of the postseason, uh, we saw some teams shift around a little bit. And one of those teams that shifted was Aquinas. They had moved up to Division Three last year. They were undefeated heading into the state tournament. and uh, the, the top seed and lost to Lake Mills in that division three state championship game, but they're back down to division four where they would traditionally be. And they are the top ranked team in division four. So are the blue golds that, that favorite in division four, who else is in the mix and who else should we be keeping an eye on? You know, they're still the favorite just because of what they've, they've done as a program the last what six years we're talking about led by uh, JC Weisbrod and, and Macy Donarski. That's a very tough tandem, both averaging over 20 points per game, but you know, uh, mineral point uh, that's a really strong team as well. They finished as the, the runner up in division four last year, uh, returned the majority of their team. And, you know, they're, they're a team that uh, ha- going to have to play uh, Aquinas in uh in a sectional, most likely, as they're in the same half sectional. Uh, that team led by Mallory Lindsay, she's headed to UW Oshkosh. Uh, but you know that that's going to be a very exciting game, and that that one right there may be deciding uh, who wins that Division Four state title. But there's other teams such as uh, Westfield, who reached the D3 state tournament last year. Broadhead, who was in Division Three last year, dropped back down to Division Four this year. They have a strong club as well, and uh, you know teams uh, such as uh, Milwaukee Academy of Science, who usually has a lot of talent, just a matter of of uh, keeping players healthy and such. Um, so, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of talent in Division Four as well. All right, we are we're continue, uh, excuse me, continuing our conversation with Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer at Wisports.net, and taking a look at the smallest division, Division Five, which for many years has been ruled by the same teams: uh, Blackhawk, Bangor. Uh, assumption, you know, going back a little bit, even uh, Newman Catholic, obviously, but some new names on the list this year, as you look over the, t- the preseason top 10, no Blackhawk in there, no Newman Catholic in there. Assumptions down a little bit, uh, last year's state champion, uh, they're down at five. Um, you know, the top teams, Randolph, Albany, 
McDonald Central, Blair Taylor, kind of some new blood, it seems like, a little bit in Division 5 this year. Yeah, uh, definitely. Blair Taylor was uh, up in those rankings pretty high last year before moving up to Division 4 after the changes, but there are definitely a lot of new teams and it's it's pretty wide open as we start the season. Uh, McDonald Central got the the top spot in the first coaches poll. Uh, Randolph uh, uh, number two there, and the defending state champion Assumption number three. Assumption, you know, they returned a a fair amount of talent, but they lost their their two bigs, and that's going to be a lot different for them playing. Uh, a uh, different style of ball this season, but they did move sectionals, which helps them at least get back to the state tournament. Um, and, you know, as we talked about early, you get to get to the state tournament, uh, things can happen. Um, so, but there is a lot of new blood in, in division five and Albany who scheduled some tough opponents to start the year after only losing to Blackhawk last year, they're starting the year one and three, but I see them turning it around just because, you know, when you play tough schedules as, you know, teams like the pier, uh, maybe Wisconsin Rapids, um, some other teams that schedule those tough opponents, you know, they'll get better as the year goes on. Well, I want to ask you about some of those changes if there, and again, there's a number of teams that changed this year because of the adjustments from last year, but are there sectional changes are there other notable division changes from teams that that uh, are, are noteworthy and that could impact the teams that get deep into the playoffs, the teams that maybe make it to the state tournament this year? Well, I, I kind of hit on a few of them, like, uh, for instance, Germantown being uh, not being in the same sectional as, uh, say, a uh, Brookfield East, who's in their their same uh, their same conference in the greater metro, not in the same sectional as Arrowhead, another strong team in the area. Um and assumption moving sectionals that opens a door for teams like a Highland maybe to to sneak to the state tournament. Uh, they uh, they lost in a sectional semi last year, um, so you know th- there there's still a fair amount of changes. Waukesha West uh, they're in that uh, Reedsburg sectional as mentioned, uh, opening them up a little bit uh, a little easier schedule I would say, but you know maybe easier, but they did lose to Union Grove to start the year. So maybe not so much easier than dealing with some of those Woodland West opponents. But uh, as the year goes on, I think we're going to see some, some emergence from some of those other teams as well and, and see, uh, you know, how those matchups might set up for the postseason. Well, there's our, our look at the teams of, uh, of note in, in each division. Want to take a, a moment and, and switch gears and talk about individual players and uh, you know a, a senior group that has some excellent players, some players going to a Division One school certainly. Uh, so what are we looking at? Who are we looking at as some of the top players to watch in that senior class, the 2022 class? It would be. Yeah, uh, we've got to start off with Emily LaChapelle, um, Appleton East. She's headed to Marquette. You know, a really strong guard. She's been doing a lot of things great to start the year, started the year with 40 points in, a, in their win over Wisconsin Rapids and uh, looked really good at the Kettle Moraine uh, showcase as well. Um, Kami Pepler um, from Hortonville, she leads the way for that that strong team. She's headed to, to Milwaukee. Uh, didn't mention Lily Cron. Uh, she is a Wisconsin recruit. Uh, Jordan Melman's a strong player from De Pere. She's headed to Butler. She she looked really good uh, last weekend for De Pere, although they did lose a couple games. But again, uh, playing strong opponents will help them out as we move forward into the season. Uh, mentioned uh, Lily Hansford. She's headed to Oregon State. She plays for that strong Appleton East team. 
Abby Alzma from uh, Wapon. She's uh, the leader of that uh, that the Warrior team, and she's headed to Illinois State. Other notables: Elena Harper, um, six foot three forward from Arrowhead. She's headed to Grand Valley State. Uh, J.C. Weisbrod, who uh, shot the lights out last year for for Aquinas, she's headed to Northern Colorado. Uh, another couple to mention here: uh, Nakia Hurst. Um, six foot wing forward from Milwaukee Academy of Science headed to North Dakota. Uh, Maya Moore, a, a strong forward, really good passer from Pius headed to Seattle University. Um, then there's a few others of note. Uh, one uh, being Sarah Newcomer from Pewaukee uh, had a couple D1 offers, uh, opted to commit to Northern Michigan. Um, so, you know, there's certainly a, quite a bit of talent in the class and, and looking forward to seeing many of them play this season. Uh, before we talk about some of the underclassmen that uh, that are of note, and, and obviously KK Arnold will be very much in that conversation. We have a coaching change again at the University of Wisconsin as Jonathan Sippis was uh, let go uh, after struggling to get the program turned around, and uh, a new head coach comes in this year. Um, uh, mostly, uh, why am I spacing on a first name? Uh, Marissa, I'm sorry. I wanted to say uh, Mariana, but that's not right. Uh, Marissa Mosley, I'm sorry, um, is the new head coach. Anything that appears to be different, anything that uh, you know gives us any indication that the the flagship program in Wisconsin is going to get things moving in the right direction, and how does this change impact recruiting in the state? Do you think? Well, you know, it, it hasn't been a real a real great start to the uh, the season for for the Badgers and losing to Chicago state was a very tough loss. Uh, really not a very good opponent is at all. You know, they, the record just has not been great over the last five or so years, but you know, it, when you bring a new coach in, um, you gotta, you know, figure out what your player, you know, what players you like and maybe what players just don't fit your system. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time to really know, uh, what fits well for her, but you know she had a really strong rela relationship with L Lily Cron before uh, she uh, um, came to Wisconsin when she was at at Boston. So I think you know just just starting uh, you know start you got to have a starting point, and Cron's a really good shooter. Um, and in that uh, that roster that they had before she came in wasn't wasn't too bad. So I think it, once we get things going here, hopefully those wins will start coming because that that I think that's the biggest reason that uh, that Coach Sippus was let go. All right. Well, both Coach Sippus and Coach Mosley were hot after the state's top player, KK Arnold, the junior, uh, who again led uh, led her team to the state tournament last year. Did choose to go to the the Bluebird Blue uh, Blue Blood program, UConn. Uh, in addition to KK, what are some other underclassmen that we will keep an eye on? Kids that uh, either are high major players already or could develop into those high major players in that freshman through junior classes. You know, I definitely got to men mention uh, Grace Groholsky. I believe I already did in the podcast here, but uh, she plays at Kettle Moraine, Arizona State recruit. Um, really good three-point shooter. She plays inside uh, quite a bit in the high school game as well. Um, Mallory Hoytink. From uh, Slinger, a uh, really good shooter. Uh, she put on a show uh, last weekend at uh, Kettle Moraine and, you know, just showed, you know, the, the variety of ways she can shoot the ball from the outside, uh, step in shots, get to get to the hoop. So uh, uh, looking forward to see how that her the rest of her year goes as well. Um, some other notables. Uh, good to see Avery Anthony back for Sun Prairie. 
Uh, she's uh, picked up a number of Division One offers uh, over the past few months. Uh, last year, she was not really able to play much at all. She uh, rolled her ankle before their first game of the year and, you know, basically on the shelf. Granted, Sun Prairie only played, uh, you know, uh, seven or eight games last year, I believe. So a little different there. Um, other notables, Megan Schultz, a 6'3 forward uh, in the, the junior class. She's headed to UW-Green Bay. Macy, Macy Donarski, who we had mentioned earlier, um, she's a St. Louis recruit. Um, definitely some good talent. Um, one other notable in that 2023 is Mackenzie Drought from Kimberly. Um, she, uh, a really strong player that can score in a lot of ways as well. Uh, so there, there's some talent in that, uh, that junior class as, as, uh, as noted there. Any younger players in the, in that, uh, freshman sophomore group that, that are really standing out right now? Oh, definitely. Ali, Ali Zabel from Nina, uh, six foot wing, you know, she's one of the better players in the nation. Um, and, and, you know, she, she looked real good at, at uh, Kettle Moraine as well. Tegan Malegny from uh, McFarland's got a, a long list of offers, a 5'11 wing, wing player there. Taylor Stremlow, who mentioned earlier, she has got a, a bunch of offers, inclu including Wisconsin. Um, she's unfortunately shelved for the year, but that's definitely a name to, to keep an eye on. Kale Peterson from Opon, a strong player there. Um, Allie Tim from DSHA, she's got a, a number of D1 offers in that uh, sophomore class. Gabby Wilkie's a, another strong player in the class. So there's there's some real good ones. And uh, and even mentioning some of those those 2025 kids like a Rainey Wilson from Hortonville, JJ Barnes from the Prairie School who who came into her high school career with I believe five Division One offers. Christina Omet from Lakeland who joins her sister Juliana on the team. She's uh, already got a fair amount of D1 offers. So there, there's definitely a lot of talent. Uh, a couple uh, notables as well. Um, the, the Tran twins from uh, Pewaukee, Amy and Anna, I think we mentioned them earlier as well. And then McKenna Christian from Hartford. She's got uh, some D1 offers and and uh, it's really looking like some of those freshman players are are ready to go as, as we've seen in the last uh, few years. All right, looking forward to a lot of talent once again in the state of Wisconsin. Hopefully, uh, as we've talked about many times, Norm, hopefully that uh, you know Wisconsin can get things turned around, become a more attractive destination, and, and some of those top players can stay in state. Of course, many of them are. You mentioned La Chapelle. Uh, did, I don't know. It's, is it La Chapel or La Chapelle? La Chapelle. La Chapelle. Okay. Uh, she's she's headed to Marquette. Um, you know, once again, t uh, some players that are, are headed to Milwaukee and Green Bay. Um, you know, if, if they stay in state, we're happy. If we can get the, that Badger program turned around, though, uh, I think it would make a, a big difference in, um, in in things and the the types of players and the number of players that they can get. And, and hopefully Lily Cron can be a part of that turnaround once she does get to uh, to Madison. Um, Norb, we, we have, uh, we have talked ad nauseum over the years about the issue of competitive equity, public-private, public Rural, urban, however you want to frame that that discussion, and we, we're not going to rehash the whole argument here today. But there has been a little bit of movement uh, recently from the WIAA, where they have created a ad hoc committee to uh, to study the issue and uh, of competitive equity and put together some recommendations uh, that's going to be happening over the next few months. Here, any 
feedback or response from the coaches so far on, on what that means, if it's a good thing, if they are, you know, frustrated on what has happened in the past and aren't really expecting much, anything that you've heard from coaches about, you know, the, the incremental movements on this issue of competitive equity? You know, I've heard some on it. It's, I think it's something a lot of the coaches will at least want to look into whether or not, you know, they have a, you know, for or against, um, when it comes down to whatever, you know, might be on the table, but, you know, I think we always want to look at what makes the game better. And, you know, I think the coaches are certainly at least open to, to listening, to see how that, that could help the sport. I think we'll schedule a six hour podcast someday to, uh, to debate all of the public, private and competitive equity issues. Yeah, that hand. With in, in we'd probably still run out of time and still have people mad at, uh, at us in, in some Certainly. capacity. Um, any other topics, storylines, anything else that, that we should touch on as we get ready to, uh, to really get into the, the thick of things here in girls basketball, where I imagine if, if not already very soon, you'll start to see some conference games get underway. Yeah. I mean, I think we basically went through the majority of things, uh, that we needed to talk about, uh, you know, it's just a lot of great basketball and uh, already have been able to watch a number of games. Uh, I believe I've seen, you know, granted at uh, Kettle Moraine, uh, didn't see full games, some of those full games, about a half of those games, but, you know, uh, up to about 31 already for me. And I've seen a lot of the best teams and, and uh, players in the state and just looking forward to making that grow and, you know, getting out there and seeing some good games. All right, Norb, a lot of good, uh, good stuff covered today on the podcast. Uh, what can people look forward to throughout the year on Wisports.net in terms of girls basketball coverage and, and what you're going to be doing, what we're going to be doing at WSN to promote the game and, uh, and help grow the game of girls basketball here in Wisconsin? Yeah, those the preseason list, uh, we're talking, you know, the point guard, wing, shooter, uh, forward, um, defense, those will be out soon. Uh, you know, you'll get your your weekly uh, coaches poll with uh, some some notes about some of those, you know, who those teams played uh, previously and maybe some uh, the schedule coming up and some recaps of games of uh, those uh, those player rankings will be coming out shortly as well. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be plenty of, of things to to come to Wisports.net to view and uh, hope to see you at a game and uh, chat a little about a little bit about basketball. All right. Well, good stuff as always. Looking forward to a great year of girls hoops. Looking forward to getting back to the Rush Center in a single location, all the games in one spot. The uh, Menominee Nation Arena in Oshkosh, the Lacrosse Center in Lacrosse were great hosts last year, fill-in hosts, but it wasn't quite the same experience. Um, and we're looking forward to getting back to the Rush Center and, and seeing some great games at the state tournament this year. But before we get there, a lot of great action along the way. So make sure you stay tuned to wisports.net. We'll have all that information and all the analysis throughout the season. You can follow Norb at Norbert Durst on Twitter to get all your girls basketball fix as well. And we're looking forward to getting into it uh, with the uh, conference action coming up holiday tournaments coming very soon as well. And just a great season of girls basketball. That will do it today, though, for our special girls basketball preview edition of the Wisports.net podcast. He is Norbert Durst. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>